the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Looking for strategies to help you protect your portfolio in these uncertain times? Visit RobBlack.com. RobBlack.com. Powered by EP Wealth. Well, yesterday the PPI numbers didn't take down the market. The question today is, will the CPI numbers? Consumer prices rose 3.7% over the last year in September, matching August increase. Not a great read. Um, but let's go back to the 70s. It took six, seven years to beat inflation. We're two years in. Inflation moderated in September as energy price increases eased from the previous month and used car prices continue to decline. Consumer price index showed inflation rose four tenths of a percent over last month. You read data month to month, you read it year to year. Sometimes you read it quarterly. So it rose four tenths of a percent over the last month and 3.7% over the last year. It's a deceleration from August, six tenths of a percent month over month, but it's in line with August 3.7% rise. Both measures were slightly higher than economists. Core CPI strips out the more volatile costs of food and gas prices in September to climb 4.1% over last year. A slowdown from the 4.3% annual increase seen in August. Okay. Okay. Let's do that one again with the core strips out food and gas, which can be very volatile. Prices in September climbed 4.1% a slowdown from the 4.3%. We're hearing more and more that there's damage being done to the economy. Let me give you an example. The housing market's going to drag the economy into a hard landing unless the Fed takes simple steps, the trade group said. Now, that's the National Association of Realtors, the Mortgage Brokers Association, and the National Association of Home Builders. All three put out a simple statement. Say the Federal Reserve needs to take simple steps to assure that it sticks to a soft landing in the economy. The trade group highlighted that the spread between the 30-year mortgage rates and the 10-year treasury yields is at historic levels, signaling deep-seated uncertainty about where the Fed is headed. The Fed does not contemplate further rate hikes. That's what they want the Fed to say. The Fed does not contemplate further rate hikes. And they want the Fed to say the Fed will not sell off any mortgage-backed security holdings until and unless the housing finance market is stabilized and mortgage to treasury spreads have normalized. You're hearing more talk about the Fed breaking things and to cut it out soon. Kind of make it out like cutting out soon, but that's kind of what it's implying. <clears throat> NASDAQ, SP 500, and the Dow were all up yesterday. 10 year treasury was lower, 4.5. Keep in mind it was at 4.9 a couple days ago, it feels like. More than a couple, but it's trending lower again. Stocks notched their fourth winning day in a row yesterday as investors digested the news the Fed was split about future rate hikes at its last meeting while waiting for this morning's report on the consumer prices. Israel forms a unity government 
the Gaza crisis crisis worsens. I would say the only good thing, and I'm not going to stick on this topic for long, um, but trying to explain this to my two teenage kids, you get a map out, you show them what Israel looks like, you show them what the Gaza looks like, you talk about how Israel's got a prime minister, and um, it's complicated. And then you're... It, the thing that I like about it is that you get to educate your kids and at the same time you get to re-educate yourself. It's kind of like when the Supreme Court justice dies, you're like, okay, how many justices do we have? Why is this important? And you talk to your kids. The EU gave Mark Zuckerberg a warning saying that it had 24 hours to tackle misinformation around the war on its social media platforms since allowing content associated with the terrorist group Hamas to circulate violates its content moderation law. The EU issued a similar warning to Musk the previous day. Musk had the cojones to say, show me, show me what's wrong. And it doesn't take long to find stuff that's misinformation. Steve Scalise is the GOP pick for the House Speaker. Um, We just need the politicians to work together on budget agreements. They don't have to pass any new policy. They just need to work together on budgeting and find funding. Our government is embarrassingly ineffective at this point in time at the simple thing like that. Exxon's acquiring Pioneer in a bet on U.S. oil. It was interesting. Someone threw hate at me saying that uh, I'm ruining the planet by saying that story. And all I'm doing is telling you a story. I'm not saying I love Exxon. I don't have that on my shirt. Exxon, one of the world's largest oil companies, announced it will acquire Pioneer Natural Resources, a Texas-based shale company, for roughly $60 billion in all-stock asset, an all-stock deal. It's a vote of confidence in U.S. oil. It's a vote in confidence at where prices are now. Give Exxon one of the world's largest inventories of untapped oil. You boost U.S. energy security. J.P. Morgan predicts 45% of Exxon's oil will come from the U.S. Interesting, right? After struggling during the pandemic, Exxon is now ready to spend the buku cash it made when oil prices skyrocketed following Russia's invasion of Ukraine. I did this story yesterday, but it's, it still stuns me. Generation Z um, aren't interested in phones that fold. They just don't want to get clowned on in the group chat. Piper Sandler surveyed 9,100 teens and found that 87% of them had iPhones in their pockets and 88% of teens said their next phone would be an iPhone. And part of it is the instant messaging feature of when you're in, when you use Apple to Apple, it shows the right color for teenagers. Apple Music's, are they just? Spotify is the most popular music streamer. 70% of the surveys respondents use the platform in the last six months. Nope. So Apple Music doesn't hold on to what the Apple phone does. Apple Pay was the favorite payment app, though, with 42% of teens using it within the last month compared to just 27% using the Cash App. That's pretty cool. Or watches, Apple was the top brand with an average yearly income of uh, 109000 for the family. 
So Casio watches. Does anyone have a Casio watch? Let's see what else we have to hit. The San Francisco 49ers unknowingly struck gold when they tapped Brock Purdy, the dead last 2022 NFL draft pick. He's cheap. When you're paying your quarterback 930000 and quarterback Cincinnati Bengals makes $55 million, you can build a much better team around that quarterback. Will that change how the draft goes in the future? Microsoft owes $29 billion back taxes, according to the IRS. Microsoft did appeal. Disney's raised prices at its theme parks again. Um, ACT scores for 2023 high school graduates were the lowest since 1991. It was the sixth year in a row that scores on the test decline. That's not good. Anything you want to talk about today, we can talk about money, investing, and more. Do have an event coming up October 28th? about 16 days from now. It's going to be in San Mateo at the Crown Plaza. CFP Chad Burton and myself, 10 a.m. to noon. Going to be talking about um, the seven retirement readiness tests. You can sign up for the event at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. I'm Rob Black. Think you're in good shape for retirement? Find out how you're really doing with the seven tests of retirement readiness. Join Rob Black and CFP Chad Burton of EP Wealth Advisors, Saturday, October 28th in San Mateo. They'll walk you through these seven tests to find out whether you are really ready for the retirement you want. Rob will provide timely commentary, and Chad will share specific strategies for taxes, income, long-term care, safe money, investing, life goals, and more. If you have at least 500000 in investable assets and want to retire better, pass on your estate, and minimize taxes, this event is for you. Find out if you're on the right track with the seven tests of retirement readiness, Saturday, October 28th, 10 a.m. to noon at the Crown Plaza in San Mateo. Space is limited, so sign up today at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. Can you pass all seven tests? Sign up today online at robblackshow.com. I've decided that in 2024, I'm going to do some podcasts that are completely away from radio. One of them is going to be called My Financial Life. That's going to start. It's going to be like a 12 episode exclusive look into me starting off as a kid. Talking about how my father made money to me going into high school, getting into college, how I saved money in college to investing, how I invested right, how I invested wrong to ultimately the uncostly marriage, number one, which led to the more costly marriage, number two, which is interesting to note. It'll be interesting to see how this plays out. So stick with me. I got some new content coming. Plus, I'm going to do a whole podcast series on how to diversify your portfolio and how to pick stocks, if that's really what you want to do. Did you know that if you took Social Security this year and you feel like you took it wrong too early? You saw the benefits and you're like, that's not as much as I expected. And if I waited five, 10, uh, five or eight years, I, I could have made a lot more. You know that you can undo that. You have to file with the IRS and you have to pay back everything that you, you have to file with the IRS. Or you have to file with the yeah, it's IRS. It's not Social Security. Interesting, right? Now I think it's you have to file with the Social Security. 
isn't it funny how you can doubt yourself really, really quickly? Um, that's the tough thing is if you have to pay it back, right? You have to withdraw an application for benefits and sign up again down the line. This could come in handy if you claim your benefits too early. Uh, you have to undo your social security filing officially with social security. So you'll have to withdraw your application benefits with them. That's interesting. And then you have to repay it all that you've taken. Um, so there's kind of a do over there. You with me on that? Kind of. Um, I could ask a lot of times um, on a flight or someone will email me rob at robblackshow.com. And sometimes I'll hear like, yeah, I'm a principal at a school or uh, I am military waiting to retire. I've got one mutual fund. I'm like, one mutual fund? And I try not to give people advice unless they truly ask for it. People are going to do what they're going to do. I believe there's something called anchoring. It's a bias, which refers to people's tendency to give disproportionate weight to the first piece of information they receive in a decision-making context. A really, really smart high school principal reached out to me. And he taught me or he reminded me that I need to talk to you about this. He doesn't even know that he, he reminded me, but um, ultimately he sent me an email and I'm not giving away any information here personally on him. Um, I've been in the American fund since 2015. I've had to realize gain of about 3.4% since it started, which sounds low to me. I spoke to another school retirement guy who suggested I get into equity indexed annuities to avoid risk, but still benefit from when the SP goes up. I really don't trust people. Uh, he also said 529 planning plans, uh, 529 saving plans are a waste. So, okay. Did you pick up what just happened there? He was in a crappy mutual fund or no, no, no. I'm not going to say crap. I'm going to say the American funds have a very high load, 5.25%. They tend to be sold to people who are not financially savvy. Sometimes teachers. I'm not disrespecting teachers when I say that, but you're teaching my kids history and math and I can't do that but I can teach you about money so the principal said he came um, you know, I spoke to another school retirement guy now hold on what the hell is that it, it, it's someone who's selling him an equity indexed annuity because he makes a commission off of it does that suck that our, our principals and teachers get bad financial advice Um, they're not bad funds once you've paid these ridiculously high commissions, but I, I'd get away from them. So I told him that I love teachers, that I work for beer. If he ever wants to meet on a weekend, he can buy me a couple beers. <clears throat> Equity indexed annuities stink even more. So the school retirement guy is a professional that comes on campus, typically with pizzas. And he tries to get teachers to buy annuities for, from him, which is, I, I'd like to curse how angry it makes me. Freaking furious. 529 plans are not a waste if you are wealthy um, and you've maxed out all your investment options to get tax efficiencies. But that's the financial advice we give our teachers. And we wonder why 
people are struggling in the world. So there's something called anchoring, which is when you get a piece of advice the first time you think this is the best thing in the world. And it is real estate. I've met people in Bay Area who are like, real estate's the only way to go. Because that's worked for their mom and dad. The bias to give disproportionate weight for the first piece of information you receive in a decision-making context. It becomes known as a reference point or an anchor that influences people's perception of subsequent information. I'm going to show you how I made money in that podcast next year to, to greatly explain in detail. It wasn't through equity index annuities. It wasn't through life insurance. It was through a little bit of real estate, a little bit of investing, improving my income, understanding one sector really, really well, and then letting others make decisions in the other sectors for me. Um, so there's something called a binomial tree. And if you've ever studied options pricing, so you've heard of a binomial tree. A binomial tree models the behavior of a stock or a particular moving uh, particle through space. It has a 50-50 chance of going up or down. Then it has a 50-50 chance of going up and down. Then it has a 50-50 chance of going up and down. Then it has a 50 chance of going up and down. A lot needs to go right in order for you to reclaim winnings when you lose. That's one of the things you really can't afford to do. And I try to explain that to people is if you go down 10%, it's not 10% to go back up. So if you go down 50%, what do you have to make to go to be whole? If you have $100 and you lose 50%, you're down to 50 bucks, right? To be whole, you got to flip that coin 100 times. It has to go up 100%, not down 50. One. Hope springs eternal. People will get into one bad piece of investment advice and stick with it. Hope springs eternal that they'll get those 100 straight wins in a row after they had 50 losses. When you look at a binomial tree and compute the odds, they are very much stacked against you. The stock is likely to go down as well as it is to go up. 30. So you could be worse off than you were before. Unless you're in the right sector, the right stock, the right market with the right visibility. T-bills are consistent. I understand why people like them at 5%. Enormously consistent. You win. If you're looking for 5%, if you're looking for 10%, you take bigger, bigger odds with bigger risks. You can find me online at Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. What's the best way to choose a financial advisor? Download our guide at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Powered by EP Wealth. Social Security cost of living adjustments will be 3.2% this year. Well below last year's massive increase of 8.7%. Um, so that's nice that our government does that. A COLA, one of those fun terms in finance that you learn. You're like, what's a COLA? Cost of living adjustment. And you're like, oh, I like that one. Let me understand. What's up with that voice, Rob? Um, let's keep moving, shall we? Consumer prices rose 3.7% over last year in September, matching August's increase. Again, the data was kind of not mixed, but it had some positives and some negatives. Uh, but we're not we're, we're not at 2% is the, what I'm going to say is the bottom line. Now, keep in mind in 2001, 
Eh, that's not fair. Let's go back to 2019. Inflation was consumer price inflation was about two percent. Then in 2021, think COVID, uh, it went down to two tenths of one percent. It went down to almost nothing. And then for the next two years, by the end of 2021, we were at seven, eight, eight, six, eight 8.6%, uh, no, 7.5%. And then into the middle of two, okay, so let's start again. 2019, we were at 2%. Then in 2021, we went down to two tenths of 1%, almost nothing. And then we just start marching higher during COVID. And coming out of COVID, um, from almost nothing, let's say 0. 0.02, uh, 0.2, it marches all the way up to 9.1, ouch, on consumer prices. Now it's come down, now 9.1 hit in June of 2022. So we're 12 months, 15 months, 16 months coming out of it. And we got as low as 3% in June, and consumer prices have gone back up to 3.7%. So it's not a straight line down. It wasn't a straight line up. There's a couple months where it went sideways. Um, If you're looking at this chart, you know that it's going to take at least another three to six months, at least. Because you're not going to see a drop of 1%, 1%, 1%. So inflation is not done yet. And if you go back and look at the, a chart of inflation in the 1970s, it will freak you out because it took up the whole, almost a whole decade. It's not a warning sign. I know that. Let's give a little positive. Recently, the Federal Reserve has been a little bit more dovish, and that solidifies the chance of a strong year-end rally for stocks. Fundstrat's Tom Lee said sellers are getting exhausted following a two-month-long market decline. The cycle is all about breaking the back of inflation, not breaking the back of the economy. So he's saying a strong year-end rally. He's one of those people that you look at and maybe you instantly judge and say, I like his content. I don't like his content. He's got great hair. He's really not arrogant, but really talks in basic terms with a lot of certainty. Seller exhaustion is, is evidenced by a soft VIX, falling bond yields, cooling oil prices, and the fact that stocks have steadily moved higher despite a sharp increase in geopolitical risk between the Israel and Hamas. He thinks there's upside pressure, which is part of it for sure. It's one flag. You have to have five to ten flags before you can take, take uh, ownership. The macro picture has been challenging since the start of 2022 and in 2023 arguably has deteriorated as the Ukraine war drags on and we all have political circus in the United States. He says the Israel-Gaza war. However, equity markets has been dealing with this for 22 months now and despite these headwinds, the S&P 500 has shown positive resilience. Talking about the Fed, he said that he he interprets Fed Chair Jerome Powell's hawkish hire for longer speech about the cycle is all about breaking the back of inflation, not breaking the back of the economy. And the inflation was fueled by many supply dynamics that are now ending. Thus, the sooner the Fed stops hiking, the sooner the earnings recovery could start. A combination of recovery and earnings and a pause Fed and a growing economy is a bullish formula for stocks. 
combination of recovering earnings, a paused Fed, and a growing economy is bullish for stocks. I agree. He planted enough flags in his recent appearances that I'm like, I get it. Now, he pulls in his technical analyst on the call and says he thinks the S&P 500 could rise 6% over the next month or two to its July high of 4607 which he thinks would be a big, powerful surge. Now, in two months, do we want to go back and judge him? You can. I've made more. No, no, this is not in context. If you've listened to him in the last 10 years, you've made more money than just by going with your gut or your instinct or your anchored thoughts on what money is and isn't. Now, some people will say that he's a permeable. Uh, that he always talks positive. There's nothing wrong with that. Market goes up seven out of 10 years. You're on the right side of history. Seven out of 10 times at 70%. You do that in baseball and you're the number one player in the hall of fame. Um, it would be nice to have a leader in the white house. It would be nice to have a leader in Congress. Um, the low employment's really, really helping out our economy. So not trash talking anyone. Just telling you that everything feels a little uh, sloppy at best. Um, One piece of advice I give parents to tell their children, and as my children are coming into their high school days and getting ready to go into college in the next couple years, uh, maybe they go into college, maybe they go to police academy, I don't know. I'm not one who puts pressure on the kids on that level. I just want to give them love and support. And if they need tutors, they get tutors. Um, but one piece of financial advice I'm going to have to start showing them is you, you need to live below your means. Um, I don't know where I heard that stupid concept. Of, one of the things you have to do is you have to save. And then with some of that savings, you have to invest. U.S. government as a way of showing your kids what the problem is. The U.S. government took in $3.4 trillion of income in the fiscal year, $4.4 trillion. So we're a trillion wrong. They have a spending problem is the way I try to show it to my kids. And I'm like, that's you. If you bring in $100, you got to save as much as you can. And you got to spend as little as, not as little. Time is your most important ally. The only thing I wish I can go back and do, I don't regret any relationship. I know that's probably not true. Um, I don't regret any job. That's probably not true either. But I say that out loud because it's it's good for my mental health. The only thing I would change in my life is if I can go back and start it younger. Most everyone starts life working to earn money, saving early and regular preserves. Some of those earnings allows them to grow to the point that they support you. Can you imagine you work from age 20 to 60? You save enough so you don't have to work from 60 to 100. Saving early allows time for more money to accumulate and more money to compound. If the market averages 8 to 10% a year, you double your money every seven years. That's beautiful. Of anything you save, a person who starts saving $275, $275 at age 20, will have $1 million at age 65, assuming the money grows at 7%. a month, it sounds doable. If you wait until age 30 to start saving, it'll take you $575 to have a million at age 65. 
with a 7% return. If you procrastinate all the way to 40, you'll require a monthly savings of $1,250. So it goes from 275 in your 20s to waiting in your 30s, 575 a month to 1250 in your 40s. Now that 1250 doesn't sound doable for most people. Another thing that I would tell my children, Social Security is a safety net. It's not a retirement plan. It is a supplement to your retirement plan. You are your retirement plan. Whether you get a pension or a 401k or 457, you have to fund that. In 1935, when Social Security became law, the average life expectancy was 61, almost 62 years old. Half of working Americans were never expected to live long enough to collect their benefits. Half of them weren't expected to collect their benefits. Today, life expectancy is approaching 80. A healthy 65-year-old couple has a 25% chance that one of them will live to age 95. So I'm going to tell my kids, Social Security is not, a, uh, it's not an it's not a retirement plan. It's the smallest piece of a retirement plan. And people like CFP Chad Burton, he tells his kids, it won't even be around for you. One. Insight, never spend everything you make. Your budget should be based on a maximum of 90% of your take-home pay. Your budget should be at 90% of your take-home pay. Number two, time is the most important word in the investment vocabulary. If financial independence is the goal, starting today beats waiting until tomorrow. And number three, do not count on Social Security for financial independence. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. I have a big event coming up Saturday. It's a Saturday event, not a Thursday event, but a Saturday event on October 28th, right around Halloween. It's going to be from 10 to noon, the 7 retirement tests to see if you are ready for retirement with CFP Chadbert. Head to robblackshow.com, robblackshow.com. Sign up for the event. I'm Rob Black. Visit the Rob Black Show online at robblackshow.com. Listen to archived podcasts, market updates, and information from EP Wealth's certified financial planners online at robblackshow.com. So tomorrow's podcast broadcast, I'm going to do a show on things that I would tell my children. Um, I just did one segment. Uh It'll be probably a pretty good show for setting yourself up for the basics, which I think everyone should do every five to 10 years anyway. Just resetting what money is. Get away from your anchored idea and and open your mind to someone who's been pretty successful at it. Inflation is squeezing incomes. Whose wages have kept up and whose haven't? Labor strikes are rising as union contracts are expiring. Workers across the U.S. have been squeezed by inflation for nearly two years. Wage growth is starting to do what the Fed wants and not go crazy with inflation. Growth in hourly pay doesn't necessarily mean workers are taking home more money. People have been working fewer hours. With hourly pay and working hours, American workers average weekly earnings closer to the actual money they bring home. Is increased um, only 11% since the beginning of 2021. That's an amazing erosion in consumers' purchasing power. From January 2021 to last month, the average working weekly hours for employees declined from 35 hours to 34.4. That may not sound like a lot, 
But when you apply that to 133 million workers, it's a reduction of 80 million working hours every week. To do what I do is not fun. Um, it's I enjoy it. Don't get me wrong, but it is a job to look at data and try to figure out what does that mean? Hourly pay, if you were to plot it on a graph, not all the dots from all the sectors fall in the same place. With the working hours as one access and the change in hourly earnings, uh, you could take a look at information, hospitality, retail, professional services, business services, leisure and hospitality, private education, health services to try to figure out who did the best. Uh, leisure and hospitality seen some of the biggest raises. Tire dealers have seen some of the uh, biggest losses. I guess I'm not driving as much as I used to, and I'm not changing my tires as much, right? YouTube is past Netflix. It's the top video source for teens. Um, I own shares of Google because of YouTube. Um, I feel like a teenager when I say this. I watch more YouTube than I do regular TV. Teenagers in the United States say they watch more videos on YouTube than Netflix. That data point shows that streaming businesses are getting more competitive and highlights YouTube's strong position as a free provider of online video, especially amongst young people. I actually pay the $15 a month to get it commercial free. Um, and you download it. There's a couple extra perks, but that's, that's not what I'm doing. I'm just going for the commercial free. Clear leaders in terms of daily video consumption on platforms. Hulu was third. Prime Video and Disney fourth and fifth um if i were an investor i would say netflix and youtube because i you invest in trends you watch what kids are doing do you see what i'm saying i don't know i hope you do fourth quarter we are in the fourth quarter ladies and gentlemen the game is about to end for the year 2023 stocks go up in the fourth quarter 80 percent of the time interesting I know you're saying fourth quarter. Does that mean we're going to get the McRib sandwich back at McDonald's? No. In this case, it is going to make a rare reappearance, but it's easier to win in the month of uh, October, November, December. October kicks off what's typically good three months for stocks followed following a month in September that historically tends to be rough. Um, in 2020, S&P 500 uh, was down 3.9% in September. Down 4.8% in 2021, down 9.3% in 2022, down 4.7% in 2023. Now, the performance of the fourth quarter in 2019 was up 8.5%, up 11.7% in 2020, up 10.6% in 2021, and up 7.1% last year. That's a big move. So remember I talked about Tom Lee, he's looking at a lot of the data that I'm looking at. I don't know that to be true. I'm looking at the Stock Traders Almanac, which is, I look at it, but I don't always like it. I don't always like looking at it. Um, and why is that? Because I find some of the data to be useless. Or fruitless, maybe, is the better way of saying it. 
So how about for the S&P 500 since 1950? Since 1950, the S&P 500's in up in the first quarter 63% of the time. In the second quarter, it's up 62% of the time. In the third quarter, it's up 60.8% of the time. In the fourth quarter, it's up 79.5% of the time. Do you see why it's, it's, it's good to stay long? Those are pretty good odds. Like I said, you do that in baseball and you're in the, you're, they put you in the Hall of Fame before you're retired. They just give you the keys to the Hall of Fame and just say, let yourself in. I've given you good numbers, people. I'm trying to destroy whatever is anchored in your head. Okay. Um, I feel good about that now. <laughs> now I can go to bed. God, I had a horrible night's sleep. Um, take a look at, go Google today. This is your homework assignment. The S&P 500 Dividend Aristocrats. Um, there's a mutual fund for it. Ticker symbol is NOBL, NOBL. Um, it's fascinating to look at the data on it. Maybe I'll talk about that tomorrow, or maybe I'll just let you look at it. And if you don't understand what I'm trying to get you to receive, try me an email, rob at robblackshow.com. It's rob at robblackshow.com. You want to learn more fun, fascinating things? Come to the big event, October 28th. It's going to be a good one. Crown Plaza in San Mateo. Right off the 580, not off the 580 bridge. Um, beautiful point of the San Mateo Bridge. So you get easy to get to from the East Bay, easy to get from the peninsula, easy to get from San Jose, easy to get to from Wren. You can sign up for the event at Rob Black Show. It's October 28th. It's with CFP Chad Burton and myself on retirement readiness, 10 to noon, Saturday, October 28th. Sign up at Rob Black Show. Think you're in good shape for retirement? Find out how you're really doing with the seven tests of retirement readiness. Join Rob Black and CFP Chad Burton of EP Wealth Advisors Saturday, October 28th in San Mateo. They'll walk you through these seven tests to find out whether you are really ready for the retirement you want. Rob will provide timely commentary, and Chad will share specific strategies for taxes, income, long-term care, safe money, investing, life goals, and more. If you have at least $500,000 in investable assets and want to retire better, pass on your estate, and minimize taxes, this event is for you. Find out if you're on the right track with the seven tests of retirement readiness, Saturday, October 28th, 10 a.m. to noon at the Crown Plaza in San Mateo. Space is limited, so sign up today at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. Can you pass all seven tests? Sign up today online at robblackshow.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.